Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers, producers, to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks everyone for coming out on a nice hot summer afternoon. Um, this is John Fraser and Darren, I can't remember your last name. Howlett. Darren Howlett, yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, John's one of the current uh, chefs at Locals Restaurant. Yep. And Darren, you work at Locals Restaurant. You I also do. have a toy company. You, yeah. you do lots of different things. Yeah, I have, a small, of... I have a small catering business I've been doing for about eight years as well. And yeah, and then we have this podcast. Yeah, and you've been, how, long, how many years have you been doing the podcast for? Uh, this is my eighth year, but John's ninth. John yes. and Blaine started it, and then Blaine bowed out when I yeah. came in. And we used to, Brian and I used to live beside John on 12th Street, downtown Courtney. Yeah. And I think we were the second guest or third guest. You were the second episode. The second episode. Or Brian was the second episode, okay. and then I think you were like the sixth episode. I think we've been on like three times. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. They have yeah. us on every couple of years to check up on. What's well, you guys do something different all the time. Like first, yeah. It's, yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah, first so, of all. So we've known each other for quite some time. Yes. And finally we got Jonathan to come and do a cooking class. We thought it would be a really fun idea to turn it into a podcast yeah. as well. Like, that's, I yeah. don't know, pretty neat stuff. And here is Barb. <laughs> Hi, Barb. Sorry. You're just in time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> all right. We're, we're, we're not even, we haven't even started. You just did introductions. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. There's your friend in the back. <laughs> I'm late because I was talking too much. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. And then whenever you take a seat, do you have a cell phone? Yes, I do. You're going to turn off that ringer. Okay. Okay. I tried the phone to say that I was late. Well, I probably didn't hear because I've turned so my I'm ringer fine. off. <laughs> I don't have a glass. You might want to ask and I still have to put the coffee out. Oh, yeah, you can use that. That was just my empty coffee. Okay. 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 So the floor is yours. Here we go. Cameron Excellent. Cooking and Edible Valley Podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you all for coming out today. Uh, I have to be honest, I haven't done any cooking classes for a while. I guess about a year. <laughs> and before that, I was actually doing cooking classes with Lush Valley, and I was doing kids' cooking classes, which was a, it was a, a definite challenge and, and super <laughs> exciting because we had what, eight to, there nine to 14 year olds, and we'd give them frying pans and make pancakes and, and soup and all this fun stuff. So. This will be a little bit more relaxed, and uh, <clears throat> we get to go back to, and I said this as my roots, and I will admit I am not German in any way, <laughs> but my daughter is Austrian, so I, I've got a little bit connection there, and also when I started off my career, I started off at the Kingfisher Inn, and I uh, did my apprenticeship under Le Lucas Stiefvater, who was the owner of the of the place there. So uh, I learned many things about schnitzels. We did a lot of schnitzel madness back in the day and twice a year we'd do a month of every schnitzel starting from nine ninety five and 10 different choices. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I so delicious. I spent a lot of time cleaning pork loins and going through all those different avenues of it and so I thought why not try a little cooking class and do some of those things and I'm going to try and power through this in two hours uh, and hopefully get to you really enjoy some of these things and I thought you know definitely being down here on the farm I thought what a 
what an excellent way to use some of the products around here and, and use some of the local local foods. Uh, so that's where my, I kind of had this image of, um, what was it, a Heutigen, which is you know, from right. Austria, where they have, it's a sort of a, it's a wine bar sort of, but the restaurant, they created restaurants with wines, and but they can only serve what's in there off their own property. So I thought that's a nice way to start. So that's why I'm going to go through our, our little uh, dinner to, or samples today. Uh, so I thought I'd do a little uh, salad uh, three course here. So we're going to do a course of warm potato salad. Uh, I've got this spiced carrot salad that I've wanted to do for the longest time. So we're going to play with that. Uh, and then of course everyone, the classic cucumber, cucumber salad, which I'm adding a little bit of fennel because we've got that here. Uh, after that, I'm going to bounce around, but we're going to start off, we're going to do a little second course is going to be schnitzel. Uh, and I thought I'd do a little goulash and do something with some paprika and zucchini because you always have lots of zucchini, especially growing up in this area. <laughs> it's, it's always the one thing. Uh, and then I thought I'd finish off with a little bit of uh, apple strudel. And since some of you know me for my ice cream, I went and did, uh, since I got some Tree Island yogurt, I did a nice little frozen yogurt. So we'll show you how to do all of those. and. Uh, we can all enjoy that. Mm -hmm. uh, feel free to ask any questions and I'll go from there. Uh, so basically I'm going to start off first of all with our cucumber salad. Uh, basically I'm going to take some fresh fennel and I got the mandolin. I don't know if any of you have a mandolin at home. Yeah, deadly little device. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I always say at least leave an inch. <laughs> this is truly the only reason why he brought me along is just in case. <laughs> But I want to just get a nice little shaving of some fresh. And I find the best thing too is with the mandolin, yeah, you can do this and do it nice and that, but the rest of it is great for a stock. So yeah. get a nice pot. But I want to keep it nice and fine. And that's the start of that. And then we're going to do a little bit of cucumber. Nice and super fine. And I apologize if I look like I'm just taking in the class. <laughs> just like you. We didn't really talk about what was going to happen because I thought I was just going to be supporting John. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. You're in good hands. So... I didn't give up on there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I've been doing with all my cucumber ends? No. I've been making pickles. Pickles? Lots of quick pickles. Nice my daughter loves quick pickles. You can do them like an hour later, they're ready for dinner. So, ooh. Ah, and so I'll just throw a nice little dressing together here. So I got a little bit of Tree Island yogurt. Went with the Greek style. It's nice and thick. And I know there's measurements on there, which are always nice. But I like to keep it kind of. So what do you have there? About a cup? About a cup. Half a cup. Half a cup. Yeah. Here, you read the recipes. Sure. Give me something to do. Okay, John used two English cucumbers. I mean, I don't know. Does everybody have this? Okay. Then, uh, yeah. So and then we cup. got a little bit of fresh dill. Oh, wow. And I'm just going to take awesome. a whole bunch of fresh dill. That's nice here. <clears throat> I'm just going to do a nice little chiffonade on this.
And one thing I will do on this, because this does say to set it for like a while, but I'm gonna just season this on the table. Just that way the salt gets directly into the, into the vegetables and a little pepper there. Mm -hmm. Plus yeah. it's gonna draw out a tiny bit of the moisture. Just yeah. Just more of it sort of concentrated flavor, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm missing in there. A little bit of sugar, right? Yeah, you're gonna do the sugar and the vinegar. And I guess people don't have to hedge directly. Like you could do some variations with vinegars and sugars if you have. Yeah, If you want to make your own little spin on it. Yeah, I thought I would just do a little white wine vinegar. Yeah. Which was more difficult to find than I thought. Oh yeah. Does anybody actually listen to our podcast? Oh no, you have expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's been it's been almost uh, ten years. Like, it's a big deal now. <laughs> it always seemed like this sort of little weird thing that we did on the side that we didn't really talk about. And now, ten years, we've had fifty-five thousand downloads. We have coming up on our two hundredth episode. Um, yeah, it's actually becoming a bit of a thing to be proud of. Uh, episodes? Holy. I don't know. Um. Hmm. Alright. Some of your episodes. You're not in that world right now. You're thinking about this uh, food. Some of my favorite episodes. Man, I, I, I really like, and I miss that we have been doing them lately, is the interviews. Yeah. With, uh, just the different guests like we've had. We've done almost a year of just coming up with our own content in our kitchen and living room because we couldn't have guests. So it's been, can't wait to get guests to again. To get the guests back in and we get yeah. to play around with that, so. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Brian and Leah are always fun. They're always like super fun to talk to and Arzina is always fun to talk to. And I rem one that always sticks in my head was we talked to, and this was before you, Yeah. was uh, Middle Mountain Mead was Heather. <laughs> I was just going to say that. That's a pretty lively episode. Yeah, and yeah. it was one of the first episodes, but it was funny because it was, I think we talked to her for about an hour and a half. Like, it just kept going and going. Like, we just kept finding different subjects. And after the hour and a half, then it was, uh, then we turned the mics off and we're like, that was good. And then sat there for another hour and a half and chatted some more. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was Heather from Middle Mountain Mead. And I have not on from Hornby, right? On Hornby yeah, Island. On Hornby. Yeah. And so she came over. So maybe she just didn't want to go back to Hornby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or was waiting for a ferry, but we had a really great, great chat. Right? Yeah. Uh so next thing. So that's our, basically our cucumber salad. So now we're gonna work on to our little carrot salad. So okay. basically what I've done with the carrot salad mm -hmm. is we got a little bit of um golden uh raisins yeah and i'm just going to puree these basically I put them on the stove with a little bit of lemon juice brought them to the simmer so they're a little bit of plump and this is going to be sort of the base for this uh and i brought my my vitamix how much would you say is a little bit because that looks like a bit of fluid there uh um, liquid rather that was a i think i was equal parts okay. well it was probably about three quarters of a cup of water that it reduced down oh you put water in there as yeah well. okay and i just brought it to a quick simmer and that's just so that they get plump and then you're yeah. okay. in theory yeah, in theory. And part of the reason is, is I know that I'm doing a smaller bit. So you could do this with your immersion blender in a little cup or something that yeah, might work as well. I brought that as a backup. Okay. Yeah, yeah actually. To the immersion blender. 
I'm still <laughs> stuck on your question, and I've got to say, I don't know. I really like all of our episodes. I mean, there are a few that maybe I'm not as 100% on as the others, but uh, Will would probably tell you that, Will, the partner that's not here, uh, would probably tell you the last episode we did was probably my favorite, because he said, I've never seen you so, right there, I've never seen you so excited and involved. And I said, really? And he's like, I've never seen that energy in you. We were talking to a guy about pizza, so <laughs> I didn't think that I was, I, I honestly am not that big of a fan of pizza. I just was really big of a fan that, that he's trying to do something different, which that always gets me excited. People trying to explore, try new things. And that's Jackknife Pizza, by the way, that's right here. Yeah, I, you could probably, I don't know, I mean, I think that John wants to get this pretty pureed, so I don't know if he'd be good with a masher, but... Yeah, I, you, definitely something to puree it to really mix it up, because yeah. you want to have a bit of paste. But, like, really, any tool, like, if you don't have an immersion blender or a blender, I bet you, I don't know, what could you do? Uh, you could definitely strain it and chop it. Yeah, really I was going to say, you chop and chop and chop. As possible, and then, uh, yeah. and then do that. This is kind of just the base for this one. Uh, the next one on this one is I took a bunch of uh, bunch of carrot juice. So I brought this from, I did this at home in my own juicer. But you definitely could go into a grocery market and get the fresh squeeze there. And it's just a bit of the puree, or just a bit of reduced. And then we've got our little... Do you want to turn that so people can see it? Yeah. So just kind of reduce it down. Now, if I brought a strainer, I would probably strain this just to get it a little bit clearer. But outside it's a little rustic so I think it'll be quite nice uh, and then I've done my spice blend so I've got the uh, coriander uh, what else do I have in there coriander pepper uh, looks like you got coriander pepper cinnamon if you're going off yes of this. Yeah. yeah and then did you toast those at all and I toasted those off a little bit so I just yeah. threw them in the pan gave them a quick little toss off uh, and then I just threw them in the in the blender and and gave them a, a blitz up but a uh, coffee grinder would work just as well yeah I always like using fresh or whole seeds instead of the ground. It's just got a little bit more flavor and it's a little bit nicer taste to it. Just gonna I think you might be reading from the camera right now. Excellent. Okay, so we're on to that part. Next, uh, carrots. Uh, I want to do a little bit of. That's right. Uh, so I did get some beautiful carrots from Brian and Leah here. Since I have the mandolin, I'm going to use that. But you definitely could use just your uh, home grater. It would be just as fine. Uh, I've got the little blade right there. So is everyone from here? Is everyone like local to this area? Yeah. I recognize a lot of people from being customers at Atlas or them locals. I know I've served half of you at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's I think it's actually grown. Like it's you know, I can't say anything about the actual dollar numbers but or dollar figure, but um you know, Trish and Ronald just put on a new patio out front, 
like, uh, which was another, what, 30 seats? Yeah. So, yeah, and right now it's crazy. Like, it's, just, it's crazy busy there. So, that's great for them. I think that's fantastic. It's not so good for us some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're that busy that, like, this week I have nine scheduled shifts. She's just like, you can't just work five shifts here. You have to do nine this week. I'm like, okay. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Get us through it. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. And there's no there's no end of things to look at. I mean the building itself is beautiful. Out the gardens are beautiful, like you're by the river. It's a beautiful place. And what did I say? Scallions. Sorry, yeah, we're pulling this off, sorry. <laughs> oh I also had some turnips here that I thought we would throw in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, right now we've been telling everybody that they get a free rabbit as they leave. Oh. Take one with you. Next cooking <laughs> yeah, right. two, two of our yeah, exactly. Two of our two of our little gardens there just got eaten up by the rabbit. So yeah. It happens, right? Yeah. So, sorry, okay. I'm just gonna peek this for two seconds sure. just to make sure that I'm on. Well, I'm gonna actually hit you up in a minute because I think that you sort of rushed over something and I want more clarification on. Okay. I think if I if I was having trouble following it, other people may have too. Yes. So let's go through this. So this carrot puree. So that's our carrot puree. Yeah. So that's going to be our. But our, where did that come from? Because so that was the carrot juice that I had uh, mm -hmm. done at home. So I brought. So you some, juice some carrots, you reduce them down. Yeah. Gave it a okay. little bit of a syrup. Yeah. Uh, and then I've julienned a bunch of vegetables here. Right. I was going to throw some fennel in this sure. one too. Sure. So you threw your, your toasted spice blend into your Yeah, just to carrot. give that a little bit of flavor. Okay. And then you get your slaw-style veggies. Yeah. And so, so if you don't have a mandolin, you can just do some thin chops here. Or even a grater. Yeah. It would be really nice okay. with this. Just, a, yeah. just on your cheese grater. Uh, and then we're just going to put that in there. I'm going to throw a little bit of this in there. Great. And you know what you can ask Leah for me? Sure. It's super helpful that I don't yeah. have. It's yeah. spoons. Spoons? Yeah. For eating or for you for dishing? For tasting. I okay. Think. That's my. I don't even know where Leah is at this moment. Should be just inside the door. Here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she's got a whole bunch of spoons right there. Oh, there we go. Just a couple. No, I'm, I'm more thinking of that I need to try some stuff. <laughs> There's a, uh, yeah, I always, my favorite thing about cooking is I get to sample as I go along. So. Yeah. yeah, it's so important. So for you guys, I get to try a lot of stuff that goes through local, so. Yeah. And is your raisin in there? Mm-hmm, this is going to be added at the very end. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so yeah. as you can see, John and I are very well rehearsed here. <laughs> I'm learning everything as you are. Mm-hmm. So we got a third salad to do. Okay. Which is the one I probably should have started a couple seconds ago that I forgot all about. But the good thing is I have this really nice burner. Okay. I'm gonna step aside. And so we're gonna do the dressing. So we got a little bit of I broke down and just bought some. Just bought some. Yeah. So that's your veggie stock. Yeah. But of course, if you have the time, you're going to use their your fennel ends and your carrot ends and your everything. You're going to make a little stock. Of make that. a nice little stock. I, with this one, I would use a, either chicken stock or like a white beef, 
beef stock, which is you're not going to brown your bones like a normal stock. You would like a beef stock, you would brown your bones up quite a, a lot. Whereas right. this one just a little bit lighter. And I think I said a little bit of apple cider vinegar. Yeah, I don't know which recipe you want. Yeah, I'm on the. Uh, oh yeah, on the potato salad. Okay. So but, yeah, chicken stock will do, right? Yeah. Uh, vinegar, bubble blah. blah. Somewhere. Your Dijon. Dijon mustard. That was the one. Okay. I'm gonna stand back here where it's not nearly as hot. Squirt a little bit in there. That's just going to give it a little heat and some flavor. We're on to the last spoon. Holy smokes, that's hot. Awesome. Mm -hmm. It's warm when you got that going. <laughs> uh, so you've par-cooked some potatoes here? Or? So uh, Yeah, I par-cooked. So basically, I always start my potatoes from cold. So I'll throw it in a bit of um, just in water with a little bit of salt. Bring it to a simmer. I like that because if you start with hot water and throw your potatoes, it shocks them, so it makes them a little more stiff. So if you do it that way, it kind of expands out and you get a nice creamier. And, uh, it, and it takes a lot less time to cook them. It takes a little bit less time to cook them too. Yeah. Uh, and then we're just gonna give them a quick little peel. And this is warm potato salad, so. And then I'm gonna thinly slice it. <clears throat> Very good at peeling here. <laughs> okay, I think this is pretty much. How far just reduce it by reduce? half. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're almost at half. Okay, so we're gonna reduce that by half. Apparently. Yeah, we're gonna reduce that by half to give it a bit of flavor. tell you mm. it is hot in here but it's not as bad as the kitchen <laughs> and I'll give you I'll give give locals credit it's not one of the hottest kitchens in town yeah it's, it's actually very it's cool pretty good. is German cooking like a mismatch a miss up a mashup of everything in the region is it distinct on its own uh, that depends on who you talk to <laughs> uh, it's definitely I, I mean to me, German cooking is definitely, it's a lot of like, you know, those comfort foods. Yeah. It's not known for having the, being as pretty as say French food would be. Like French right. food's definitely for either. having. Not super Yeah. Yeah. I went to Austria for two weeks and I did not eat a vegetable. <laughs> Other than you didn't have cabbage? I didn't actually have cabbage. Then. What? Yeah, I think the only thing I... I don't know how I got away without that. I did have some goulash, so I did have some peppers. Uh, but uh, And horseradish. Yeah. And I think that was that was my... Other than that, I ate a lot of schnitzel. A lot of, a lot of sausage. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know what? I did have some potato salad, so that does count. But No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. Excellent. So I got. I'm just gonna do this for now. I Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I do know I did come across a seafood restaurant in Austria. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. Really? Well, it terrified me that it was a landlocked country. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I have a friend, but well, whatever. I have a friend in Colorado, and one of his favorite things to eat is shrimp. And I'm like, where are you getting shrimp from? Anyways, I'm gonna add a little bit of fresh parsley in here. Yeah, lots will just because I mean, I mean it's all about dollars, right? If you wanted to serve local prawns, I mean, regardless, whatever you're paying for it at the grocery store, they have to do it. That's one third of the cost. So we're gonna add two hundred percent about that. Yeah. <clears throat> that. So yeah, and that and so some just can't justify it. But it, again, at a place like locals, where the way that the pricing is and they're sort of leveraging too. There's some things that they'll take a hit on because they know that this thing they can make a little more on and make up that difference. So, yeah, yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's it's hard too. It's hard to get uh, a good supply too. Yeah. Because uh, it's funny that our prawns go to Asia. Yeah. And their prawns come back to us. So yeah. it's it's a it's a really it fun is system. it's weird. Some yeah. Days my, I, uh, my brother literally right now just what two days ago got back. He had never done it before, but he went and did six weeks on a on a prawn boat, and yeah, they'd already sold it to to someone in Asia before they'd even come in. So, yeah. just get that much higher of a dollar for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just willing to pay more. So, I mean that the season's so small about fishermen that the person that owns that boat they need to get the biggest that they can for it. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that smells fantastic. Okay, so let's recap here. You did potatoes. Little potatoes, warm potatoes. Parsley, you've got your red onion, and this reduction, which was stock and vinegar. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. I don't know if anybody can see that. That's the beginning of the seasoning. I'm just gonna, everybody will see everything after, but just so you can see what's going on in the middle. Yeah, and so now with these, all these salads would be great to sit for a little while. You could do them up ahead of time. Yeah. I'm definitely rushing them because. <laughs> well, I want to first of all show you how how I'm doing some of the process, and then you can actually, and then actually see it. So. So I've done a couple of things like this with John before. We've done. We did a couple of pop up dinners and stuff, and John only has one speed, and that's all the way. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to get him to pull back and be a little more showy, but that's all right. It's because he's efficient. And do we have forks? Oh, we do, do have forks. Yes. Fantastic. And Leah said that everything is set up. Ah. And that all the courses are there. So My goodness. It's almost like she knows what's going on. She's done this before. Okay, so the salad course. We're going to bring these around. Yeah. Give everyone a chance to sample some stuff. Has anybody been out since to restaurants since they've relaxed the masks? Yeah, nice. 
So different, huh? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different experience again. Yeah, it's optional now for the customer, not for the or yeah, not for the restaurant. The restaurants are generally, I think, actually they're optional. But We're, it's the well, ma majority of the restaurants have been like, you know what? Let's see what happens first. It's it's recommended. Yeah, so customers are now allowed to go mask free at their leisure, and it's up to the restaurant itself whether they let their employees go mask free. But uh, yeah, I wasn't. We, we run around and get really hot. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that changing. But it's also changing for everybody. It just... Yeah. I had... Inside to outside and everything. Yeah. I would tell you Father's Day, there was a couple of times that I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. I, I This week, twice, was... people have had catch me as I was going down. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I had to, like, sit down for 15 minutes. It's... Yeah. 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 But now, without a mask in the kitchen... I'm yeah. like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, turn it up a couple degrees and get me a sweater. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice to, to see the smiles. Yeah. It's lovely to see people yeah. smile. Yeah. yeah. A little piece of dill. Sure. You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rat out my coworkers, but one of my coworkers, who she's a little eccentric and funny, she just said, oh. Now I can't eat while I'm out there. Yeah. I'm like, you're eating out on the floor? She's like, a little bit. <laughs> she's chewing as she's going yeah. from table to table. No, no more chewing gum while you're working. That's right. What are you putting oh. on right now? So this is the carrot, or sorry, the um, raisin puree. Oh, the raisin puree. We got some of Brian and Leah's dill here, which is just beautiful. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Like uh, when John and when John was neighbors with Brian and Leah, and they were just getting started with Clever Crow, just watching it from its inception when it was just an idea to watching it uh, develop into this. It's been awesome. I I admit I carried a lot of salt water <laughs> out of the back of their car to their house. Oh yeah, with the salts to begin with. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Brian, Brian was a great neighbor to have because, especially as being a chef, I used to call it the chef's corner. Yeah. And so on the corner, they lived on the corner of the, that same yeah. street. Yeah. Yeah. But we'd always end up running into each other after work, so it was always a good chance to have a come in there and complain about <laughs> rest, well, restaurant life. You know. Didn't Didn't he inspire you to try, or was that Blaine that he inspired to try? some at home uh curing of beef or, or pork or uh something. well i brian did a whole bunch of curing in his yeah his... and he, for a ho like sort of hobby style yeah like, yeah he came in and we did an episode on charcuteries actually yeah yeah but funny. i remember blaine said that he got inspired and then went to go do it and it went horribly horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah And I got a little bit to go on top of this. But... <clears throat> oh, a little cheese. Okay, so I said Amsterdam in there, and then I was at the store, and I went, nope, Maybe you know what? Oh, okay. Courtney cheddar is a much nicer. It's a little sharper. So it's a sharp cheese that you're Yeah, I was, I was thinking this is going to go much nicer with a little sharp cheese, so... And I can never get enough of this cheese. <laughs> Actually, all of their cheeses. 
Yeah, I can't think of any other cheeses I don't like. It's natural pastures, by the way, of course. Or maybe... There were a Oh yeah? So oh, I haven't tried it. Oh. Yeah? It's crazy fish. <laughs> Put a little honey on it. Oh yeah? John just talked me out of making my own ricotta. We John and I used to own Prontissima Pasta for a brief for a brief interlude. We Sarah started it, we became her partners, we were buying it off her and then we just went another way. And uh then yeah, but at that time we were making our own ricotta for our own um for some of the pasta dishes that we were doing. It made sense. And then I was like, hey, what do you think? For my catering, I was like, what do you think? Should I go back to making my own ricotta? And he's like, leave it to the experts. <laughs> so. Well, it's, it's nice to do. And it's, yeah, it's and it, for, small, for a small group or a small meal, absolutely. But when I'm talking about doing it for 200 people, it's leave it to the experts. Yeah, they can, they can do it way more efficiently than I can. Yeah, I'm gonna do this differently. Yeah. I go to their, their store because I don't think they sell it in any stores here. Oh, yeah. The refill store is carrying it now, so you can buy it in oh, yeah. jars. Oh, really? You know, instead of the big pack? I, I honestly, am, I, that's a place I always forget to go. That's a place that we should probably get on the podcast. But uh, yeah. my, my brother and his wife, that's they, they shop there almost exclusively. They go everything they can, they get that there, they will. Mm -hmm. I get it fresh every Tuesday at oh, the yeah. refill. The refill, yeah. Wow. She came to, came, actually we did our baked goods from Blue Spruce there for a little while. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those that don't know, everybody knows that John also started Blue Spruce. And then, yeah, okay. Yes. He's very humble about the things he's achieved. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ace Brewing was I, Ace Brewing was a lot of fun because they actually would give us their beer. And <laughs> Anytime somebody's giving you beer, it's, yeah, I'm always it's a good happy. trade. But they, I was taking their beer and reducing it down and and adding it into um, adding it into an ice cream, so it would have that the 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 hoppy flavor in the ice cream or a malty flavor depending on the beers. Um, okay. I'm start passing some, plate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. start passing plate, some of these yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Thank you. All right. I think I got it. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. You've got to get closer to Yes, I'm going to do it right now and pass it to you so you <laughs> okay. can turn it on. I thought maybe yours already made. No. No, okay. Okay, cool. we're going to do it right now. Okay, thank you. Up to 400. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, that's the first of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you can just. I will say this is probably the best way to serve. I've never served with this <laughs>
So yeah, if you have any questions or comments, I'm sure John can answer any there. Sure. Do we have to, got one for you, Darren. What? For me? Aww. Well, it's super rich. I mean, I can't take full credit because it's really the carrots are the nice fresh carrots. I mean, that's always my one is like getting fresh carrots out of the ground are just like, there's nothing sweeter. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to rush along a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to do the strudel. Basically, I'm just going to show you the dough. Such an easy recipe dough. Just basically flour, <clears throat> a little bit of salt. Uh, next is the oil. And if I remember, it was three tablespoons. I'm going to cheat here and do half of this. How's that cheating? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not using a tablespoon and this is not the oh, quarter cup. So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. <clears throat> and Darren, you can start something with me. Get a yeah. pot. And we'll yep. put some butter in there. Sure. <clears throat> and we're going to do some breadcrumbs. Let me just give this another little rinse out. Okay. Gonna toast up some breadcrumbs in there, so this works. Right. All the way. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. So yes, as for our dough, so we're mixing in there, and my measuring cup is gone. So I guess this one. <laughs> uh, no, no there, can... there'll be. Yeah, I'll come by and grab them all for me in a minute, as soon as I know where I'm gonna put them. But yeah, no, you won't need you to hold on to them. Into okay. So basically, we're just doing a bit of water and dough. So what? What? How much water have you put in? Uh, well, I'm doing basically 10 tablespoons. It's just enough to 10 to 12 tablespoons. So yeah, so 150 ml to yeah, <clears throat> right. And then the dough or the the other ingredients. And then it's just a little bit of oil and salt. <clears throat> okay. And basically, we're just going to make a very very. And so this isn't about exact, it's about, it's about consistency, right? Yeah. So basically we want to work this in so that it, and I'm going to need this for five, ten minutes. Yeah. 
So you're getting really shaggy though. Yeah, so we want to have it bind together just a little bit more. Gonna add just a bit more water because I think it's evaporating as I pour it in. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, we need to take no, you don't have to do that. You Thank you so much. I'll go grab those in a second. Uh, warm, sorry. A little, yeah, a little yeah, bit warm. warm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a lukewarm water for this one to really bind it together. Just going to splash a little more. So just to show you stages. Yeah. And that's probably too much. <laughs> you think? Yeah. So you want it tacky, but not tacky, but just sticking together. Whoops. That's not what I wanted. All the way. And if you want to throw two tablespoons of... Uh, you have breadcrumbs here? Breadcrumbs. The one that say breadcrumbs on there. There's two breadcrumbs. One's for seasoning and one's for... That's it. All right. Yeah. Would you say two tablespoons? Yes, exactly. There we go. So this is getting there. I might go a little wetter. Anyway, since kneading is boring, <laughs> uh, I would basically knead that Get it nice and nice and doughy. Uh, put a little oil. Let it sit to the side for a while. And that's where we get this, which is a little bit nicer. Oh, the magic of TV. Yeah, John did the <laughs> cooking show. So, so how long did you set it aside to get that? Well, I set that. I set. I did that last night. Threw it in the fridge. Okay. And I've had it in the fridge all night. And but then, really, you're looking at. You could all get away with like three hours, two hours. Yeah, right? An hour, as long as it sets for an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, should be good. Right. This one's a warm okay. dough, so it's not as much. Uh, you want to be pliable, because this is honestly the easy way with this would be to use phyllo pastry. Mm -hmm. That's why if you see a lot of strudel recipes, they use phyllo, just because it's a very thin, very easy dough, and that's sort of with strudel is you want to have a very fine dough. Um, so I'm gonna roll this one out as thin as I possibly can today on this board <laughs> roll it and then we'll put all the fillings in it and go in the fridge with it uh, so I basically just peeled my apples um, I think these are just golden delicious Is that what I, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm just gonna cube them up really quickly I probably have more than I need here guys. yeah you got me a bowl I'll just throw these into the bowl sure. yeah. So as a trick, because he did these earlier, I'm sure everybody knows, he just threw a half a lemon in the water, and it keeps them from browning. Yeah. Everybody knows that, so. I'm really curious to see how you're going to pull off this dough on that board. And that's not you know, <clears throat> setting up for failure or anything, I'm just saying. You should have seen some of the stuff I've done. <laughs> yeah. Well, he used to cook. You got your cooking start, your career started on a boat. So limited yeah. space, limited everything, limited <clears throat> pantry, limited. So I'm sure that you've managed to uh, 
I used make to even do, the most adverse conditions work. I used to do uh, sailing charters on the the Maple Leaf. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. Have you? Yeah. It, it used to do the Sea Cadet program here, actually, during the summers. Uh, but on their off seasons from that, they would go up to basically up to Alaska and back down. And so it would be taking on guests for two weeks and doing a little tour. And so you do some, you go do some bear watching and some whale watching and do a little bit of sailing. And then when I was on board, I would do five, five meals a day. So we would start with uh, a large breakfast first thing in the morning, and that could be anything from a large frittata to fried eggs to, you know, uh, a nice oatmeal with uh, fresh fruit. Uh, and then we'd have a nice little snack of muffins or cookies uh, with coffee and tea. And then lunch was always something sort of fun. You know, I would do quesadillas or, um, or some other great Maybe a light little pasta. Yeah, less menu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I moved on to, um, then what did I do? Oh, and then I would do do, uh, do an afternoon snack. And so that could be anything from like a ham and meat tray to sushi to whatever was coming up. I had the, whatever I had the time to do. <laughs> and then we'd have a dinner, uh, dinner on board, which was always, uh, could be uh, family style with a bunch of different platters, or we always finished off with a, a light lamb was mm. our traditional with a, a nice pave potato and, and vegetables. And wow. then, then we do a, a nice little dessert at the end of it. And so it was a lot of fun for me and a lot of challenge to be. Well, we were talking about it on our last podcast. I mean, we talked about it on a couple of episodes, but we were talking about it just how it creates, it just forces you to become creative because you're at sea for your on the boat for a week and yeah you've got to pace it out you're like that's going to be gone on the fourth day like that won't even like that you know i got to use this now but then i also need fresh stuff for the last day and you just you know and then you go to grab something and it's gone and you got to switch gears <laughs> and so i'm just adding to the apples a little raisins some walnuts i'm just mixing everything there together i know i've got some sugar oh that's for that one <laughs> sorry walnuts pinch better uh, I'm gonna throw a tiny bit of sugar in there just for the fun. Ingredients, yeah. There you go, bark out ingredients and all that. Got a little cinnamon. That's not a little cinnamon. That's a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> true. Good. Yeah. No, no. And we got a little breadcrumbs in there. Excellent. Perfect. Now the hard part. Okay. So what's the purpose of the breadcrumbs? Because this is the part I'm. That's gonna go with. on the base. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I getcha. Oh. You have flour? Oops. Is there my half cup measuring? There's your measurement. <laughs> By the end of this, he'll have found everything. Yeah. <clears throat> As Leah said, she was going to make sure she checks my car before I leave here to make sure I haven't left, taken any of her stuff behind. Do you mind moving the bowl? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, we would have uh, up to 11 guests, and then with crew, so about 15 people. Yeah. And did you source everything yourself then? Or? Yes. It's amazing how difficult it can be to find food in Bella Bella. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, I have to speak, some of the best salmon I've ever had in my life has come out of there. Yeah. 
But as for vegetables, when you're trying to figure out, the only thing that's on the shelf is Doritos. And <laughs> you have to go forage. Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of foraging. I, it was actually a great, great part of my uh, career there, or thing, was we always had naturalists on board. So they nice. always had a specialty, and it was amazing because they would, they would basically go on the beach and or on the woods, and they'd come back with like a basket and be like, so this is dinner. And yeah. I'd be like, what is this? So it was like... Yeah, I got to make like one of my favorites was a bull kelp chutney, nice. which was like a, was just out of this world. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the tricky part is finding bull kelp. Right. Because it's you've got to get the right licensing to be able oh. to harvest it. You can. I mean, for a class like this, I definitely can do it. In restaurants, I found it very difficult. Right. Uh, I actually had a bull kelp um, ice cream at the ice cream shop for a while there. Yeah. I did meet a gentleman who was doing who was doing uh, kelp, but he was doing it dried, and so I would basically take that and steep it for oh god for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing I liked about when you owned the ice cream shop is it was like a year and a half of you just exploring flavors. Like, the ice cream was the same, but it was just like, oh, blue spruce, okay. Like, so it's some spruce chips in there, and then you were like, you know, just everything that came around that was from here, you were trying out, I thought that was great. Yeah, that was part of the, yeah. the whole but thing. But you were me. saying something there about, um, you know, you had people that would just show up with baskets. That reminds me back, I used to work at Gourmet by the Sea way back, it was my first serving job, way back. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I worked there for five years. They like I started working there. I think I was 16, 17. And I, they hired me as a dishwasher and then trained me as a bartender when I was eighteen, which they should have. And then uh, as soon as I turned nineteen, they put me on the floor. And but um, we went on a camping trip, and our boss, the first night of the camping trip, we were all like, okay. So he's like, I've got dinner planned. You know, like all the dinners are planned by me. You guys are gonna have to do your own lunches. And so the first night, that was just it. He was like, he just sent everybody to go pick things and grab this and go with that. And nobody knew what any of this stuff was. And we ate, we literally ate off the beach. We went to Tree Island and we had, we went picked some oysters. I don't know if we were supposed to. <laughs> and uh, we had uh, sea asparagus and we had, like we had a salad made out of the greens there. Like it was fantastic. And it, like, that's literally the moment that my eyes opened up to food. I was just like, oh my God. We live in a place where food is all around us. And I, uh, yeah, that's what started. That's why I, that's what Edible Valley is. It's sort of exploring all that food around us. All right. Uh, I didn't find it. That it wasn't that salty, really? actually. Yeah. Um, it really didn't have a. It doesn't have the strongest of flavor, but it really picks up the other flavors and makes them that much more. Intense, right? Like. So, can I ask something? Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say this is what I'm, I'm asking. So, first off, any particular type of breadcrumb? Uh, I just use a plain breadcrumb. Just like a plain, plain yeah, white yeah. bread. Okay, and aside from the recipe saying because you need to use breadcrumbs, what like what does this add? What does this? Uh, it adds a little bit of texture, a little bit of moisture in there. It holds the moisture. It picks up some of the 
the flavor from the apple, like when the apple starts right. melting and, and the liquid runs off of that. So there's something so in there. So it's absorbing it a it's bit. It's absorbing a little bit of it. Interesting. And okay. Was that like panko? Panko? Yeah, you get. I mean, panko is a breadcrumb, so definitely yeah. you could use. And it's not too fine. Yeah, and we're just cooking it a little bit in the butter just to add that little extra, uh, get rid of the staleness in the bread, and just. Yeah. And, and it's just adding butter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's really no. just going to add some flavor yeah. in there. We don't really need excuses. I feel like I'm it. forgetting one thing in this. But. Oh, let me look through. So you said we're going to use some breadcrumbs, toasted walnuts, sh uh, sugar. Yep. Cinnamon, salt, golden delicious apples, raisins, and a bit of lemon zest. I don't know if you used the lemon. Lemon zest. I've got lemon. Okay. Do I have a lemon? Oh, this is a great use for the mandolin. Okay. Yeah, and you're going to want the lemon to cut the sweet, right? So it yeah. doesn't, you've got the, those uh, raisins are sort of intensified sweet. And, yeah, you have a lot of sweet components, so. And this, I find lemon really brings out some of those other flavors in there. Mm -hmm. I like I like lemon or just the acid in a cream soup. Like if you just hit, mm -hmm. make a cream soup at the end of it, just add a little bit of lemon juice. Or like we used to do in Prontismo for our cream sauce, all our cream sauce, at the very end, just hit a little punch of lemon and it just changes it completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You know what I don't have? It's a little bit sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the worst. Oh, I'm pretty bad too. Yeah. I, um, I should be picking up on this. I'm going to throw just a little bit more butter. Let me put the butter. Just to melt it, just to brush the top of it. Okay. Just that on real So, one thing it does say in there is using a tablecloth. Or uh, a parchment paper or some set is a, is a great helpful because this is a very light dough. It's really easy to rip. I've already ripped it once here. Just gonna roll it. So what you would what oh you would lay this on parchment and roll the parchment. Yeah. Okay. Then it would just hold it together that little bit more better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could they get away with parchment there too? They could definitely put parchment in there okay. as well. And the great thing about this is it doesn't have to be straight. Right. It's actually more traditional to be bit bent and yeah. shaped. Alright, that's probably good enough. Just brush it with a little bit. Alright. So, did you... Did I... Are you, is this the magic television again? I know, I'm going to take this We're one. actually going to cook this one. We're okay. actually going to cook this one. Okay. That's why the video just came out five minutes ago and was like, Oh, uh, get the that? strudel in. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're doing the strudel, right? I'm like, yes. Oh, okay. So I got a little bit of extra phyllo, so I just thought, I, or a little pastry. bit of extra extra pastry dough here. So I'm just gonna, gonna, and there's no, you're just decorating it. There's I'm nothing. just putting a little decoration yeah, on here. There's nothing special or specific to it. Yeah, a little crisscross. Nice. I know we said two hours for the classroom, so doing it quick. How long does that bake for? I guess I can read my 
Uh, so we're going to go at uh, four four twenty five. I think I've got it at four hundred actually. No, you've got it. Oh, it's us here four twenty five. Yeah, but we're going to run that for fifteen minutes. Is it fifteen twenty minutes? That's just going to crisp up the dough, and then turn it right down to three hundred or three twenty three fifty. I'm really good at writing these recipes. I'm really <laughs> bad at remembering what I wrote on them. Right. So because I get it. Okay. Perfect. And just because I have sugar, and everybody loves sugar. Just yeah. Of, just to give it a little golden color on the top. Okay, well, I'm gonna run that. Run that into Leah. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a nice heat to really crisp up that that pastry on the bit, and then that'll give it a little bit of golden, and then turn the temperature down after about 15 minutes. Because that's gonna like sort of make it its own convection oven, right? You're yeah, and then it's just gonna oven. turn it down, and then that way we're gonna cook the apples all okay. the way through, so that they've got that nice, nice consist, you know, that their nice texture to them, right? Uh, I think it's a convection oven. So, uh, yeah, I like convection oven because it circulates the air, so you have more of an even heat. Yes, yeah. And most ovens nowadays actually do that preset for you already. Like, they drop it about 25 degrees. Yeah. Then what's advertised? Then what's advertised. I've known uh, quite a few of the ones, yeah, if you say 350, it'll actually turn it on to 325 on the convection. Yeah, well, just check it because some of them just do it automatically. I I know my one at home drives me nuts because I'm like 375 and I want it on convection and it goes 350, and I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. And honestly, with all ovens, I like to buy a thermometer, oven thermometer, and actually find out what your oven's at because not all ovens are true. Yeah, and um, and it, a lot of it too is that there is a balancing between. Um, it's a word I want to get here. Is that, I mean, the 350 is just that standard mark because it's a medium heat in an oven, so that's what they you want to cook it. So it's something that gives you a bit of crust, but doesn't you know keeps a nice continue. Whereas like 325, three or sorry 425, 475, like say something you want to crisp up, you know, like a like a pizza or something like that. So um, it's always every oven's different. I've learned like even at work, my ovens are all. I swear there's oven. I have this one oven in the back that is amazing for doing confit and braising, and I don't know whether I set it at 300 or 475. It basically cooks at 300. <laughs> So I've never failed, like I've walked in there and seen it been like 425 and I was like panicking going, someone turned my oven up and everything's going to be wrecked and I walked in there, it's perfect. So, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, just take a little splash of water. Alright. Alright, so we're going to get rid of these potatoes. Okay. Sorry. Give us a quick That's washout. Right. Oh, I see. We're onto there. Okay. Here, let me do a couple of these dishes. Okay. You want to wash this one up? Yep. And then we are going to start on... on the um, goulash to get that one going.
Now, goulash is one of my, I just, I love goulash. And I think it's basically, it's just to me, it's a home, you know, that, that family thing. Um, I love uh, canoodle. I don't know if anyone, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but basically dumplings. So goulash with a nice um, potato dumpling in there or, yeah. Just right, basically make your stew and then make a big dumpling, you know, with like was breadcrumbs, egg water, or eggs. Uh, mix it up, some seasonings or whatever. Boil that till it, you know, it cooks all the way through and then right on top of a nice goulash. I'm like, that's, that's like heaven gnocchi. to me. It's very much like gnocchi, uh, except for you can have, do like a baseball size canoodle. So you're actually like cutting off sheets of it. It's almost like a bread pudding. Interesting. Yeah. Is that what you're gonna do right now? I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna I know do that you're doing the goulash. Gonna do a little goulash. So, I know I've got some onions here. We'll start off with some onions. I got a couple ways of cutting onions. The traditional is just coming. The chef way. The chef way. Yep. And I go just about all the way through. Hire someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great thing about restaurants. Yeah, they, uh, they always have a knife sharpener, or somebody that comes in once every week or two. And no, I I do sharpen my own knives. Yeah. Uh, I do have an electric sharpener that I use once in a while. Uh, it kills me sometimes because it takes a lot of knife away. Uh, I do. I have spent a lot of time recently just with the old uh, stone mm -hmm. and doing it the old-fashioned way. Takes a bit of time and practice, so that's my. And then always having a nice steel. Yeah. So a nice uniform cut. I'm gonna turn that on and yep. add a bit of oil to there. Some grape seed oil. onions I always like to cook my onions down which means which means I like to have at least that nice it's nice translucent look to them uh, a lot of people don't realize it but onions are six times six times sweeter than sugar yes mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so it's just the fact that they have uh, what is it the, the, uh, you know how they got the bitterness to it, what makes you cry. <laughs> so that, what that is in there, so once, so that's like a bitterness so that animals don't eat it. But once you cook it, you cook that, that bitterness out of it and then that's where that sugar comes. And that's why I like caramelized onions when you take beautiful caramelized onions and cook them down. Uh, one of my favorite recipes is, uh, is a quiche from uh, Thomas Keller. Uh, Bouchon, I think is the cookbook, but it literally took me eight hours to make the quiche one day. Uh, so you make a nice, a nice, uh, a warm dough, pack it into like an ice, or sorry, uh, cheesecake mold, <clears throat> and then you cook down onions for about seven hours, like <clears throat> a springform pan. In a springform pan, just cook okay. them down for about seven hours, uh, and then you. Uh, 
you know, like I am, I am just, I set such a low heat and I'm actually adding moisture to it. So you're just cooking everything. So they're just about churning into a paste. Wow. The onions. Yeah, and it's, I didn't even go that dark. It's just literally cooking it. I would add a little bit of water every time they started browning, and I put a little parchment paper on with a vent on it. So just cooking them down, and they just became like this, the sweetest, sweetest onions. They were just standard, everyday <coughs> yellow onions. And well, no, I cooked them in a pan, and then I took that. It was a quiche Lorraine. So then I, after I cooked the onions, I cooked the bacon down. Mix that all into a very light um, uh, quiche, quiche batter and just baked it in the oven for I think it was two hours. Wow. And yeah, yeah, slow and low. On that <clears> yeah, one. very yeah. slow and low. It's I think it comes out almost like almost like butter, it's so creamy. Yeah, just yeah. velvety. Went through you did it in the blender so that the cream and the eggs just emulsified completely. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. What's that? I've, oh. I've found recipes that do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I onions don't need to be cooked fast. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes as well. <clears throat> they'll burn their onions. They'll try and get that color out of them right away, and they'll cook it. And if you just take your time and let the onion do its own thing, it brings that flavor. So yeah, slow cooker would be an excellent way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I used to be I used to be that way too. Every time I was cooking onions, I started by sauteing them, assuming that that was the way. But I just sweat them down and let them, as John just said, let them get translucent. You get way more out of it. So these are just getting a little translucent now. Just just about getting some color. I'm gonna throw throw a little bit of peppers I just diced up in here. And use that cold <clears throat> of that whatever you just added to bring the temperature down of everything. And I got a little bit of paprika. I'm gonna say that Ryan gonna gonna gave me some in. some no, fresh herbs here, so throw a little okay, a little rosemary in there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, because he's left these on the on the branch, so he's gonna pull them out, right? So yeah. you can throw a little extra in, because you're, you're actually gonna be removing them. Right? Yeah, take it out. Oh, I just some onion I just threw some, in there. Just leftover onion. long, thin red onion, yeah. thin slice. I'm like, don't wanna waste it. And so that's sort of the nature of this recipe, right? Is yeah. you, you can accommodate whatever. Yeah, so now as I'm getting there, I'm gonna add my paprika in there and cook my paprika a little bit. But I'm missing one. Can opener. Oh. What's that? For this? I'm using a sweet paprika for this. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say a Hungarian paprika. Um, yeah. I like. I would add smoked paprika to this too. I just wouldn't add as much. Um, yeah. I like to add a little it's bit. Smelling of, amazing. I'm trying to get it your way. <laughs> <clears throat> this is some paprika I actually got from. From Austria. Nice. So that's a lot of paprika. Yeah, well, that's a good one. No, no, I know. <laughs> just, they can't see that. I'm just making sure they know. <clears throat> All right. I'll put a little bit more in there. I like to just to release some of those flavors within the paprika and my spices. S spices like to be cooked. 
Yeah. So we got this nice golden. And I'm going to add a little bit of mustard. The trick is a tent is just to... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, four minutes on that thing till we go in and check. Until we go in what? <clears throat> check on that. Turn the temperature down. Oh, okay. Uh, Leah knows. She said okay. the timer when I went in. Good. Yeah. Good old Leah. She's awesome. Can you open that can behind you? Yeah. I just went with a, just a can of diced tomatoes. You want it in there? I'm not I found a trick. Out. If you guys want to collect local tomatoes, <clears throat> God, I wish I knew this years ago. Get your local tomatoes when they're at season and you have a nice deep freeze. Throw them in a bag. Throw them in the deep freezer. Uh, when you go to make a tomato sauce or something like that, pull them out and throw them into a bu bucket of water and the skins peel right off. Right. Literally, you just drop them in the water, skins peel right off, dice them up, and you've got this beautiful, you nice... Yeah, exactly. Skip the blanching. It's way less work. Like, yeah. if you've ever peeled, yeah. peeled them and missing. dropped them into boiling water and then dropped them into ice water. It's so much nicer. So why do you think it peels off What's that? <clears throat> uh, well, because it's the texture. So when you throw it into something like this, you're going to get those little, the, the skin Stringy. in there, the stringiness in there. So... And I've made this mistake on a tomato soup where I've taken fresh local tomatoes and just roast them off in a pan. I did it at Cherry Tomatoes recently. Roasted the whole pan off and threw it into the soup and it was like, you get the skins would like stick to your tongue and you'd be like, ah, oh, it just, the flavor was beautiful, but the texture kind of lost something on it, so. Do you want me to throw the tomato in? I'm going to throw gonna do this in here straight. Give that a stir. You can use any vegetable. Zucchini is more of its zucchini season, so that's why I threw the, the zucchini in here. But carrots or whatever. Yeah, and like Squash. a church, I mean, with a goulash, I think your main ingredients are, are onions, because that's your real base, and paprika. Mm. And then it can be pretty. I said goulash for this because it's more of a, it's, it's not a, maybe it's truly traditional, but I thought it's, with the zucchini, it would be really nice with a schnitzel right now, mm. and the flavor of the tomatoes and that. So you can fire, just put half of that in there right now. Right. And I, I think we actually did an episode on this. We always need to find new recipes for zucchini because... It's the season where all your neighbors are giving you zucchinis, right? I'm going to add a little bit of the beef stock here just to bring it up to simmer. And this could be any other stock? Or yeah. do you suggest beef? Oh, I, could use, I would use chicken stock or anything. Just in this recipe, you're just, I'm just giving it body. You could add some water to that just to let it steep a little bit. It's a little dry right now, so I want to have a little bit of moisture, especially since we're going to do snitzels with this. Right. So now, if you want to keep an eye on that, yeah. we will get to the next part of our show. Ooh, the fork. Is schnitzel and goulash a traditional 
Uh, goulash is definitely uh, an Austrian thing, and schnitzels are the the uh, is where actually schnitzels come from from Austria or from Vienna. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's there is it with veal. It's traditional, so German is more of a pork base, so that's why that's why I went with Germanic. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, starting with pork loin. <clears throat> yeah. So this is close to the butt. Actually, no, that's the top. Oh, is that the strudel? That's the strudel. So with this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna this and check in with Leah. trim everything really just to get to the the center cut of the pork. Uh, I like to just bring my knife down, and it's nice if you get a whole pork loin because once you get a cut on it, you can actually peel most of the skin will come right off. It's a little bit harder when it's a smaller cut like this, but a lot of times when I'm at the restaurant, I'll do the one cut down here. <clears throat> get my fingers under there and it'll just work its own way off. Do you want the leaner edge or do you I use the shoulder side? Uh, you can use either side. Uh, traditionally, it's more of the leaner cut. Uh, just because you you're going to be pounding it pretty thin. So sometimes if you're using the fatter, it'll break. <clears throat> so this, but would this work with if somebody just say went and bought boneless pork chop? Or boneless pork loin rather? Uh, yeah, you yeah. could definitely. You could just get a rather, you could get rather a, than trim this down yourself. Yeah, you, you could get, get a pork. get a pork chop that's already cut. Yeah. Uh, take the bone off, or a tenderloin would work really well too. Okay. Um, I go for the pork loin. It's a little bit fattier, so it's got a little bit more flavor. And I think I said in my recipe four to five ounces, which is to make a really good size schnitzel, and a schnitzel should be. The size yeah. of a frying pan, like that's that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you don't need to see anything underneath it. It's seeing the schnitzel. Uh, today it we're gonna. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go a little smaller today. And what I do is I might just do little. Oh, I threw out my little saran wrap bag, didn't I? Here, you got this, so just wrap it up. And the best part about making schnitzels, or the worst part about doing schnitzels at Atlas Cafe, <laughs> <coughs> is that you get to take some of your frustrations of the day out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's is. I don't know if it's still on the menu, but there was quite a while there that we were doing schnitzels at Atlas. At Atlas, and every time I'd start pounding the. The front host would go, can you do that somewhere else? Cause... <laughs> so I basically, I would normally not cut these in half, but I'm just doing them a little, a little smaller for us all today. So we get to sample everything. And the good trick is... I'm worried that this right table beside. is, uh, <clears throat> it's gonna just uh, bounce around. I've done this on freezers before. Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a couple of these things away just because no need to have them bouncing around for you. Alright, okay. 
So yeah, saran wrap works really well for this, doubling it up a couple times. The other thing is I use is like a bread bag. So the loaf of bread, once you're done with it, cut it in half, makes it beautiful. And it's literally just so you don't get the spray back on you. All right, we'll move this. Yeah. <clears throat> Give me a two-star review. <laughs> And so what you're really doing with this, like the purpose behind the pounding, is you're just breaking down all that tendon, all that musculature, right? You're breaking mm -hmm. it down so it's super soft, super you're giving tender. It tender. Yeah. Most exciting part of what's going on to the being recorded right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go right you absolutely, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. You're all welcome to participate as much as you like. Yeah, you can almost turn that down a little bit. Yeah. I will tell you a thing that if you go to Austria and you order schnitzel, Thanks. yeah, they have a rule there. If you order schnitzel. And 10 minutes later, you don't hear. <laughs> you leave. Supposed to be made to order. Yeah. It's no. To order. to order. That's they're very sticklers Why about is that. that. Like, is there an it is well the perfect schnitzel. I'm hoping I can pull this off. <laughs> uh, is basically rarely happens, but basically you get a bubble of air between the meat and the breadcrumbs. <clears throat> on both sides and so that is that so you've got that really right. crunchy crisp of the breadcrumbs and yeah you've got this nice tender piece of meat that's not overcooked right so yeah so if you've had it done if it was pre-made that would either collapse or it wouldn't do it at you just, to you, begin with it wouldn't it wouldn't expand the breadcrumbs would get too much moisture in there right so it doesn't so the meat would sweat into the breadcrumbs so you're not getting that beautiful crunch This episode of the podcast, that's the only thing that's been picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I think I've got 10 new ones. Yeah. These are looking pretty good. I mean, awesome. I, they still need to simmer a little bit longer, but everything's starting to soften without breaking down. Oh, you're creating the patience. Ooh, not using that. 
Can you use that for your wet station? No, I just want to use that for my this one. Okay. You want me to do something with these tomatoes? So pretty soon I'm not gonna we're not yeah, gonna be able to save them. Oh put them into find a pitcher. Alright, so the tricks of breading. A little milk. Little breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs right there in the back. Yeah, no, I've got some. Okay, I got some in there. I season these ones up and put some some uh, some herbs in there. Ooh, I'm attracting friends. So the eggs give it that, uh, as I was saying, you know that, as I was saying, that air pocket. So the eggs bind with that to create that dough to sort of hold it together. You put it in, dredge it in flour first of all. And that is so that the egg has something to stick to. And then the breadcrumbs so that the there. So in this I've done a little bit of uh, dried herbs and some salt. And we're just gonna... And I don't like to press down, I just like to really lightly dredge it. If you want to get those two cast iron frying pans and get them turned on. Yeah. There's a trick they do sometimes is they'll double bread it. Where they'll throw it into the, into the breadcrumbs, or sorry, into the flour then into the egg wash, then back into the flour, and then into the egg crumbs, and it just gives you a thicker crust. That is almost hot, too hot to touch from the sun. Nice. <laughs> the other trick when doing this is you have a wet hand and a dry hand. I learned this the hard way by having fingers about this thighs. Yeah. <clears throat> so just a quick little... And I like to use a very fine breadcrumb. Um, I know a lot of people, I actually used to do them at Locals and I, did I do them at, at Atlas too and I was doing them there. We did them in panko, which gives you a little bit of a different texture. Uh, I mean, panko is such an interesting breadcrumb to begin with, so. Right, it's, it's, a, it's a breadcrumb from a bread that's specifically made to become panko. Yeah. Right, so they've, they've sort of engineered or purposely made it so it's super crispy. Uh, panko? No? You can get a gluten-free version of it, but it isn't by, in general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to put a little bit of oil, turn those down sure. just a little bit. I don't think this one can go down further. Because it goes all the way the other way? Yeah, I put a little... What's that? 
uh, I can mix it all the time. Sometimes I use some thyme, uh, rosemary. Um, thyme, rosemary, sage is, is a nice, clean favorite one. Um, I mean, parsley is always a lot of oil. You want a lot more? Oh, a lot of oil. We're pan frying. We're not. We're not searing. Right. And yeah, pour more. I want a full layer of oil. Okay. Excellent. And I think what we'll do yeah. is clear off this cutting board here. Sure. We're going to turn that off altogether. Yeah. Just for the moment. Sure. Yep. Uh, if you want to clear off that cutting board, mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to put these on. This one. That one. Okay. And then we're going to put a piece, one of these on top of it. I see that. Now I'm afraid. Only because I, I'm. Well, that's how I used to actually do them at the Kingfisher. Yeah. Deep fry them. Deep fry them. Really? A lot of places deep fry them, and part of that is it's traditionally it's done in a frying pan with a lot of oil, so that it gets a oil all over it. So uh, it's just easier and more controlled if you're in the restaurant situation to have a deep fryer that's set to that right temperature, like I think 350 or whatever, so then that way you, you get the consistency with it. Whereas when you're pan frying it, you can, that's where you run into some problems because your pan's too hot and you'll get that burnt around the outside but it's not cooked in the middle, so. We're just gonna try one to see how, how nice the pan is set. Yeah, if we put that right here. Okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna put your milk away too. And if I just leave them behind me, they'll cook on their own in the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, those, they're so hot. It's crazy. There you go. Oh yeah. Getting that golden crispy edge. Yeah. Already. That one hotter. needs to be a little hotter. If you could clean me a bowl, yeah. we can probably start some ice cream. What? Okay. Just picking out those rosemary. We used to do that back in the day, so yeah. I mean, we would do 
we would do a whole bunch of them. So we would do the kingfisher schnitzel was the biggest popular one. It was sautéed prawns with a bunch of um, sautéed prawns and hollandaise sauce on top of it. Oh my god! Yeah, we had the rom rom schnitzel. Ooh, that's too far. Yeah. Uh, rom schnitzel, which was a uh, unbreaded schnitzel, so just a pork cutlet, and then we would put. Um, not put me on the spot. Uh, it was a lemon cream sauce, a lemon cream yeah. demi glaze. Uh, we had the zigoiner. Wait, zwiebel was an red wine onion sauce on top of it. Zigoiner was like a it was like a Hungarian goulash. So a rich peppery sauce with mustard, paprika, and pickles in it. And that went on. That was one of my personal favorites. Yeah, beautiful one. Uh, we had then the. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge mushroom fan, so I use generally it's uh, Jaeger, yeah, or Hunter. The Hunter, yeah, the Jaeger. So we did, and that's what we had. We had the Jaeger schnitzel, which was without the breadcrumbs on, and then we had the uh, the Hunter, which was with the mushroom mushroom bacon sauce. Nice. Which was, oh, I think we just took off the menu at locals. Was on our oh is it yeah we had it on the mixed grill oh yeah yeah those are adorable those are the smallest schnitzels I've seen but perfect for a perfect little for afternoon a afternoon snack of schnitzel yeah. Uh, depending on how thick your piece is, I would butterfly it. Like to, that'll save you on a lot of pounding because you want to keep it like very paper thin. You know, like that's the that's the goal on this is to keep it very thin, uh, so that it just just is able to cook all the way without burning on the outside. Like that's pretty much what you're looking for. So yeah, definitely. If I had a thinner pork loin, I would definitely butterfly it. Would be a great way. But from a piece that big, you can get here. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Not on this though. <laughs> <laughs> Something sturdier. I watched a video where they filled the wok full of oil, and then they had this huge cutlet that they put in the fry. Oh, I saw something like oh, that. Is that like a yeah. Wok? So the wok took it quite nicely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I saw it in passing. I didn't really think about it. But yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, I can smell the, instead of the rosemary, which was really dominant, I'm starting to smell the paprika. Mm. Yeah, smells good. Say it needs more salt. Yeah, a little salt. But that's your—that's one of your things, right? Is you salt a little bit all the way, so you can always have control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that's a great way to always add a little bit of salt as you go. First of all, then you don't feel like you're dumping two pounds of salt into everything. <laughs> Even if you use two pounds of salt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just gives you that. Uh, yeah, a little bit more, and you also you're, you're bringing out the flavors like. Salt always amplifies everything, so as you're cooking your onions, a little salt on that, it pulls out some moisture, it testifies the flavor a little bit of what you're working on, so as you build and build and build your flavor. 
Or at least that's how I always look at it. Yeah. Whereas I was, until I started working alongside you, I would always salt things at critical points or the end. But then I learned, yeah, do smaller amounts all the way through and get way more out of it. Almost like he's a chef. If you want to clear that out, you yeah. can put some plates down. I think sure. you can get right here Oh, almost trip. Yeah, right. He, I, I can't imagine how hot you are. I can't even get near that. <laughs> uh, I know I have lemons. Okay. I also had some garlic scapes put in there. Oh. I love garlic scapes. So. Nice. <clears throat> are those from here? Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> I was. No, actually, sorry. Those are from. Those are from Kendra's back there. Oh. Uh, so they're, uh... Actually, you know what? I'm about to write an article for garlic on, to CB Magazine next week. Oh, yeah. Why don't you educate me on garlic skate? <laughs> Darren's writing for CB. Uh, yeah, I write for this, the Comox Valley Collective magazine that you see for free around town. I write the food articles there right now. So this next one's on garlic. Yeah. You're in two weeks, and you're talking about garlic scapes, so let's talk about them. Garlic scapes? Yeah. Did everyone use garlic scapes here? What's that? Yeah, they've just asked me to start including recipe of my choice. So last, the last episode, or the last issue I did was mushrooms, and I included a mushroom soup recipe using local mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like garlic scapes with, with a pesto. Because it's super easy and it's so much work, but getting a food processor, mm -hmm. throwing a tons of uh, scapes in there. Actually, what I do at work is I put them through the meat grinder. What? Yeah. That's incredible. So we do actually a lot through the meat grinder. It's amazing. Like um, we do a salmon or salmon tartare. We run the smoked salmon through the meat grinder. Never Just because it gives that. it a really smooth texture and it chops it. It's more like chopping instead of like mashing, Mash, which right. you get out of a food processor. So. Right. Interesting. What's that? Pickled garlic oh, scapes are amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I just like them as a base instead of garlic, especially this time of year, just straight in with your onions in the bottom and letting them cook out, and then you get that beautiful... Right. You know, if you would have used them in the gulas, would you have cooked them with the onions? I would have, yes. I would have cooked them in at, with the onions at the same time, just because they're a little bit chewier, so they can cook a little bit longer. Whereas garlic, I usually cook my onions first, then add my garlic, because garlic has got a lot of sugar in it, really sweet, so it burns really yeah. quickly. So that's one of the, the ones we do with that. Okay. Right. So hot. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing this. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to go with the flat plates here. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what I should have said. That's what you meant. There we go.
-hmm. And we're gonna use ice cream scoop today. What? And I'm thinking with this, I almost could have gone with a little bit more paprika in here. But... Really? It's usually, it's a stew process, so it's usually always done. Yeah, and most goulashes are definitely uh, heavy beef handed. Heavy what? Heavy beef I handed. I was going to ask you, yeah. I've had goulash with beef. Right. Yeah. Which is really the tradition. Actually, you know what? To have it without beef in it is almost. Wouldn't, it almost might not be a goulash. Well, and it wouldn't be Austrian or Hungarian at all. Right. <laughs> but to go against this um, schnitzel, it sort of comp or accompanies yeah. it better. Obviously, I didn't do great taking all the rosemary sprigs out. That's right. There's a little bit of rosemary in there. Yeah, and if I have a spoon, actually. It's going to take me too long. No, I'll just do this. Right, the lemon. Oops, you want to start running this? Eh? Sure, yeah.
working for you? doing I think I was doing a parmesan Sitzel parmesan at locals was our last one where we just had like a nice marinara sauce on top with some, some parmesan cheese on top is yeah so I thought goulash more of the Austrian style <laughs> yes and it's really quite easy right like it's just getting that frying pan the right thing it's getting a little bit of bread it's a bit messy I would do that. <laughs> well, I have. I, I was telling you about the Hoynigan, which is was we went to this one. It was the middle of winter, uh, and it was just outside of Vienna, and we went in there. And so they had, we got uh, started off with some most, which is like a <clears throat> fermented apple juice because they're not allowed to make beer or anything. So they make this fermented apple juice. <clears throat> so it's like an apple cider. And so it was just absolutely beautiful. And then we're like, well, we can't just sit and drink all this. Or like, can I get, they had a, 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 a meat, pl a charcuterie tray, basically. I can't remember what they called it. But it came out and it's literally the most amount of meat I've ever seen on a plate in my life. And there was blood sausage and every kind of sausage and terrine. And that was where there was horseradish, big chunks of fresh horseradish grated on that. Uh, and then that was followed by about six different sh samples of schnapps. Like, oh, you're from Canada. <laughs> uh, and the most... the. The thing I thought was the most incredible was at the very end, our server came up to us, or she might have even been the owner of the farm, and she was like, so what did you guys have again? And we went, dear God, we <laughs> I think we had three rounds of most. <laughs> Six snaps, and da, da, da. And we're going through the list, and then we left, and I was remember, I was with my partner's, uh, my ex-partner's um, aunt, and she realized that we forgot a round. And that she ran right back in there and paid them for it. And literally, you were paying 20, I think it was 30 cents a shot. And, and there's no taxes on everything, so it was just straight back. It was beautiful. It was like really. really what was, I think, you, what were you saying was like this big heaping platter of meat was yeah. like under $15? Or yeah, like, it was under $15. And I was yeah. just like, I don't even <laughs> think you could, you could buy the sausages for that alone on it. So, anyways, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> All right, so I need this bowl. <clears throat> a little milk. I'm a little disappointed, actually, because at Blue Spruce, I was using um, milk from the little Qualcomm fa cheese factory. So it was a fresh, natural milk. Uh, when I started, actually, I was getting Tree Island, the grass-fed milk from them, to do uh, do all my ice creams with. But it was a little tricky because he had to sell it as yogurt because he didn't have a milk license. So he would put his activating agent in the yogurt, uh, and then I would have to pick it up right away <laughs> and convert it into ice cream right away before it turned into yogurt. Before, before it turned into, before it turned into yogurt. 
So, wow. so it was a little bit difficult. And so when I found that they had their milk and they were selling it, it was, it became, so it was beautiful to have that natural grass fed milk. Um, yeah, just a little bit more pure. Um, so that's why I've always, always loved that. Today I'm just using traditional milk. It's uh, straight out of the grocery store. Uh, unfortunately, well, but it's also just as accessible for everybody else. Yeah, it's right? accessible. Like, my my thoughts are unfortunately my measuring cup has a little character. Right? <laughs> there, just wash that out. Yeah. So Tree Island yogurt was one of our, we, we actually recorded at Jet FM for a while. When we started out Edible Valley, as we put a thing out there and someone was like, someone was like, oh, Edible Valley, we need some help on how to make a podcast. And so uh, uh, we, we met into Drex, who was, uh, <laughs> Drex oh, became Drex. our uh, our kind of lead and kind of introduced us into podcasting and taught us a lot of the do's and don'ts on how to to uh to podcast anyways things didn't work out with him at jet fm uh and he ended up getting a really great job by fox radio yeah at <coughs> yeah. 99.3 yeah so now he's got his own show on global i believe uh doing doing interviews and stuff like that um uh, but when it hit where was i going oh so one of our first recordings we did there was with scott from tree island yogurt and it was just before they were actually opening up the yogurts. It was it? It was literally like the day or before or something. The like day that. of, and he was literally had to leave. He had an hour for us, and we recorded 45 minutes. And at the 45 minute mark, we realized we'd lost 30 minutes because everything shut off in the middle of it. So we basically threw together 50 minutes of really thing, and he ran out the door <coughs> and went to. Uh, to uh, meet with the health inspector to get his permit to open. <laughs> so yeah. it, was, it was really, it was kind of exciting for us, but we were like, a little stressful for him. Yeah. And they have just exploded since then. And I know they're yeah. working on their new, new building. Um, and it should be exciting to see where they go from it. Recipes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was I, I was talking to either I can't remember if it was Marissa or, it must have been Marissa, but I was talking to her very briefly and at one point they said uh, there's even places out east that are picking it up, but like it's it's sort of beyond their hands. They're not selling it. It's a distributor that's found people who sell to them, sell from them, because they self distribute most of it. But there's some that they get. Yeah. So this is a really easy recipe. It's not like a lot of the ones I did at uh, Blue Spruce, I would cook down and grate a custard. So that's why we had our simple, what do we call it? What? My uh, your, your base. custard. Yeah, a custard base, simple, wasn't it? What did I call it? Simple, simple custard? Sure. I think it was our standard one. And it was just because... Oh, when, you mean in the, in the in actual... The, in the actual... Yeah, it was the... It had a name. Anyways, I've had the really... I have a problem because I get some ice cream from Gelato from um, hot chocolate now at locals and I call their vanilla custard all the time. Oh, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's, it's custard, right? I'm like, no, it's gelato. Two different things. Um, anyways, where am I going with this? 
Uh, yeah, I, I had a thing where I was just calling it a straight-up custard. That's, That's what right. it was. Straight-up straight custard. Up custard. I called it straight-up custard because I stopped putting vanilla in it because there was a worldwide shortage on vanilla at the time. So I thought, I don't need to be taking something that's yeah. not being used. So I just started incorporating it without it, and it just had a beautiful flavor and taste to it. Yeah. Do, do, do. But that ended up being the base of most of your ice cream. Yeah. 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 So, and so with those, those ones, I would actually... Uh, take my milk and cream and then I would bring it up to with the sugar in it bring it up to temperature and add my eggs add my eggs whisk those in till it was just starting to thicken and then we would strain it and cool I, it down I, and that would become there's something there too that I found a few people that I've talked about it with I know that you downplay it but uh, at one point so you only need the egg yolks right in yeah. your custard so there's literally hundreds of egg whites a day not not needing you know essentially going to the garbage but then yeah well uh i don't know if you know omg macarons macarons and comox well that's an old friend of ours and he's like in need of egg whites but not egg yolks so they started you know one would buy the eggs and then send the other over and then one would buy the other and send it over and yeah so we yeah, had so a ni nice little system we were both using no local, local eggs yeah uh from the same place so it was just yeah. just perfect right no waste and I did do lots of pufflop. <laughs> yeah, yeah he started selling lots of. I remember that when you're like, we're gonna make desserts. They're all gonna be pufflop desserts. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, so what do we what have we added so far? You so wait, wait. Milk? Threw in a little bit of milk. We threw in a little bit of sugar. Mm -hmm. And basically, we're just gonna stir this just to dissolve sure. everything out. And so the yogurt and cream. Yes, and I do have a thing of vanilla, and unfortunately I made some ice cream, and I spilt my vanilla, and that was all. Oh, I no. <laughs> I saved How's it. How's the strudel? It's out of the oven. Oh, first. Perfect. Darren, I'm going to let you stir this for a second. My and goodness, I'm you think I can handle it? I'm going to get our other little device here. Okay. I could send you, but I think this will just be quicker. Okay. I'll knock everything over here. This is how the ice cream's machine uh, ice cream started. Is I bought this. This, that's in town. this is the genesis of that Blue Spruce. Was started. It was literally I went to Portland, Oregon, and uh, salt and sh salt and sugar, or no, what's it called? Anyways, beautiful spot. Salt and straw. That's what. Ah, oh, and I had Thanksgiving Day ice cream, which was literally praline turkey skins in a ca salted caramel ice cream. And it just just literally blew my mind because I was like, I this cream. It, it literally changed rich, your life. Rich ice cream, and I was like, and then it just you hit the praline and you got the sugary sweetness, and I was like, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden crunch, and I was like, I'm tasting turkey. Like yeah. nothing. I'm like I'm like I feel like I just had turkey, just finished a turkey dinner. I was like, this is incredible. And then, of course, the second scoop was a little sweet potato yam ice cream. I just went along perfectly with it. So I was but like, yeah, he just, yeah. I remember he came back and he's like, I got it. I know what my next move is. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm going to do ice cream, but I'm just going to explore flavor in ice cream. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. be honest, I've never made that ice cream. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I'm too scared to, because I, I have it in my head and I know I could never recreate that moment I had. Maybe one day I'll try it, but yeah, it was, uh, 
it was pretty it was pretty fabulous that fun experience mm -hmm. and yeah i remember coming home and i'm like i was at the end of my time at atlas and i was sort of what am i going to do next and i was like if only i could do something like that that thanksgiving day ice cream i'm like well why don't we create an ice cream shop yeah <laughs> this was history anyways i will be back half a second Yeah. Just uh, it's I I don't think it has to be that one. I mean, Cuisinart uh, obviously very reputable in kitchen gadgets, but Yeah, yeah, absolutely. piece of flour in there. Oh, a little assertion. Anyways. That's perfect. So yeah, with this one, it's just to whip it up to make sure all that sugar's dissolved in it. And let's hope we can do this. And this is why I just add it nice and slowly to the machine. sit back and wait 20 minutes and so what it's going to do is it freezes around the outside and the blade just cuts it off so you're just cutting away the ice to make it nice and creamy so if you really wanted to do this without all this equipment you could literally take a sheet pan pour it onto a sheet pan put it in your freezer and just come and scrape it so that'd be like a sorbet so it's just coming along and scraping it with a spoon and what that does is just as that ice top layer comes along you're just breaking it up and you're forcing air into it. So this is just a little bit simpler way of doing it. So, hmm. And then we sit for 20 minutes. So, Oh wait, I made more ice cream. <laughs> so this will come out and it'll be like a soft, um, soft serve ice cream. So I will, when, it, when it hits anything, it'll just melt right away. So what I'll do is I'll do it in a thing, and I should have actually pulled this out a lot sooner, uh, and let it thaw a little bit. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hit it with a little bit of water, let it thaw on the outside, I'm going to crank it out, and then we're going to bring it in Put with in our strudel. Put in the sun for 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there in the sun. Well, that's it. Everyone can go home. <laughs> I find cooking classes sometimes frustrating because I never get to fully clean up myself. <laughs> or you have everything and I got so many things I want to do, I just can't get them all done at once. Whew. Should have told them to bring the strudel back. So, do you dream of your next um, 
travel by food. I think <clears throat> that's how uh, every trip I've ever done has been towards finding food. Or it turns into a food thing. I mean, I went to Toronto in the winter once, which I thought was a bit ridiculous. But it turned into one of the best food explorations I've ever had. Like, it was... <clears throat> I ended up meeting this gentleman who'd written uh, <coughs> these artisan cheese books of, uh, of Canada. Uh, and it was really neat because I'm chatting to him, finding about these cheeses, and he's like, where are you from? And I literally opened up his book and Natural Pastures was right there. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm from here. <laughs> so uh, it was really, really interesting to have uh, for that. And yeah, I found an olive oil shop that I never really thought about olive oil until that day and just going down and sampling the different types of oil, uh, olive oils. And, that. and so yeah, that's a lot of my a lot of my adventures turn into that, so. But I'm always looking for food. That's the, that's the, that's the interesting part. Whether it's good food or bad food, I won't judge. <laughs> I like to try a little bit of everything. So. <clears throat> yeah. We're gonna do. You want to actually grab this? Yeah. 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 Sure. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's the dirty bin. Yeah. That's where Leah wants the dirty dishes. She's like, no, I already put a bin out there. No, it's right there. You have more than they need. It's neat to watch this too, because it, as it as it goes, it starts increasing in volume. <clears throat> so by the time it's finished, it will just be up around the rim there. So. Does anybody want to take a picture before we? Yes, please. <clears throat> yeah?
This is where a pie lifter would be really handy. A pie lifter? Yeah. Let's see if she's got But we're in a garden, so it's okay. Oh. Do you want me to go see? No, it's okay. We are. We're doing this in the garden. I must admit, I came here and I forgot my knives today. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, nice. And luckily, our other partner, Will, who was was able to swing by my house and pick them up. And... Oh, that's good. <clears throat> yeah. So, Will normally would... Well, not there is no normal. Will works <laughs> for Jet FM. And no, the Eagle? Jet FM. Uh, Jet FM. He works for one of the radio stations. And uh, he's their on-location guy. If you listen to the local radio station, he's the British voice guy. But uh, he's come into the podcast, and he became sort of part of what we do over the last couple of months. And the idea was, I was just going to be supporting John, and he was going to be posting and <laughs> interviewing and doing the podcast part. But uh, something, something came up. And so I brought along a little bit of fresh mint. <clears throat> Just to show how fertile the soil is where Brian and Leah started this whole farm thing. Yeah. <laughs> the mint from their old backyard. So, and actually I used to use this mint at our ice cream shop for our, um, on all of our mint ice creams, our chocolate mint and stuff like that. And so I, we had I think 10 or 12 different varieties of mint in the backyard and so what I would do is uh, just mix them all together and steep them in the cream to get that flavor. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. Check. Yeah, it's good. But they're okay. over there. I'm here. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Just let me give one. Just let me. Make oh, sure he always has to delay things, doesn't he? It's always one more thing. It's always about John. Yeah, it's always it's like John. No, everybody, pay attention to me more. Hello, other people. And the berries. The local. These are from my backyard. Nice. And this has been. I know this year has been a really bad year for raspberries because they keep hitting so hard. Right. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. But I got a couple out of my yard, so. Okay. Ready again? None for his daughter, but. Some